Hello, son. Hey, Moon. How you doing? I'm doing pretty fucking fantastic. Hey, what time is it? It's time for a little midnight snack. And now, for something completely different. Hey there, Stony Balonies and Baked Alaskas. Welcome back. We are so glad you continue to listen to us. As promised, we have another pod guest here tonight, which is fucking rad. Of course, another friend of mine. I'm popular. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give a little introduction to our guest so you know who the fuck this person is. So she has a bachelor's in communication studies and another bachelor's in English rhetoric, a master's in communication studies with an emphasis on political rhetoric. So she's a smart ass bitch. She also wrote a master's thesis on the rhetoric of women running for vice president. Very nice. So uh, I think she might be a feminist. I think it's safe to say. She's also a brand manager for a marketing agency and just like this little thing, she's also a fucking stand-up comedian who has done stand-up in San Antonio, Dallas, Austin, and Corpus, and so many other places, hopefully. Everyone, round of applause for Grace. Hey, welcome, Grace. Welcome. Wow. Could y'all just like record that for my mom? <laughs> <laughs> all the time. She's like, this is my middle daughter, and she's in marketing. <laughs> and she tells jokes sometimes and i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll re- we'll we'll get that to her so she yeah. can put it on the fridge that would be amazing yes. it's a button yeah <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a stocking stuffer oh <laughs> <laughs> um, well thanks for having me i'm excited to be here we're so happy you're here she's actually here in the flesh with us so send her help <laughs> yeah our first guest in the studio this is the coolest studio though like I, this whole time I've been looking around and I'm like, I love how this is like the inside of your brain in the most beautiful way. Like we were talking before about how like you're a 12 year old boy, but also 60. And like, that's exactly what this aesthetic is. <laughs> like it's crazy and it's oddly comforting at the same time. I love it. I love everything about it. I love it. Uh, I just wanted everything to be really aesthetically pleasing. And mm-hmm. so everything on my walls is stuff I thought was cute and thrifted. Nailed it. Kudos to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, now that you're here, why don't you tell us a little bit about Grace? What's your story? Oh, man, I have so many of them. Um, I grew up in New Braunfels, Texas. Um, I grew up in a family of just girls. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of feminine energy. Three. Oh, wow. I was the middle of three girls. Um, Had an older sister, two and a half years older, and then a younger sister, three and a half years younger. Um, we were all homeschooled from the time we started to learn how to read until we graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So social, social skills were really coming along well in our house. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I, that's kind of like the bio of my childhood. And then you can filter in stuff about like, I grew up in a very, um, you know, Christian centered conservative home, um, for better or worse, I would say. And that really shaped a lot of who I am and a lot of where like my academia came from because I'm all about like women empowerment and like Mm -hmm. women supporting other women. Um, 
I, and I could go into a whole tangent about like, it doesn't make sense when women don't support each other. Cause I grew up in a family of girls and the house didn't work unless we all supported one another. Yeah. And I think that's how society works too. Um, and then along with that, like that filters over into my beliefs because I think that too many people within the American church kind of have this like division between men and women specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the women are competing with each other for men and that's so true so crazy to me because we were even talking about this a little bit before right like the way that marriage is pushed so much within traditional american religion um and statistically there's like more women in church than men so they're all competing for men to marry yeah a godly man a godly man yeah you must be like a virgin and pure and chaste and whatever and like you have to find a godly man who's like mostly kind of pure and you must be British. And, and for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have like one hand touch. Yes. One, one forever. ankle grab. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe never tattoos ever, unless it's maybe like the God is greater than the high and lows. Then you can have that one on your wrist <laughs> or, or a cross on like the side of your hand. Oh, you mean like this one? <laughs> I love <it. laughs> Live, laugh, love. <laughs> Exactly. For those who don't have um, vision through their ears, sorry. Um, it, it, she has a cross on her arm, and I it's do. fucking awesome. <laughs> it's very. Um, I've just leaned into accepting like my taste is that of a white woman. So people all the time see my tattoos and they're like, "Those are white girl tattoos." I'm like, "I am a white girl." Yeah. <laughs> do you have the tramp stamp? I don't. Okay. I don't. No, but I have like I have the um, swallow tattoo on the back of my arm. <laughs> oh, I love that. I have that. Nice. Very very nice. Little hands holding on my ribs that matches my bestie. Like it's all of them. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, we have culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Just we also say memes. sausages instead of sausages, you guys. <laughs> so yeah, and that pushes over into my comedy because I like most of my comedy comes from looking at things that I feel like everybody just says like this is how it is, and it's like, but that's fucking weird. Like, w- why? Why do they want us to marry these men so badly? When these men statistically are abusers, these men statistically, Mm -hmm. um, you know, don't support women. These men statistically don't hold jobs Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. It's, it's really, really interesting. Um, this, this interesting like pressure on women to get married, but there's never pressure on men to be marryable. Yeah. Like that was something I remember being big conversations in like youth group and stuff where it was like the girls had to go and sit down and learn how to be good wives. And the guys were outside playing dodgeball. Yeah. And it's like, that's not teaching James good parenting skills. Yeah. It's like or husbands 1950s like. You yeah. Know, thinking. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're like, well, James will know because God made him. Yeah. All, all of his power to be <laughs> a good was, husband is in his dick. You were, yeah. Which is also the rib. Right. That, that Eve was that's made That's why it gets hard. <laughs> we could go on for so long. The bigger it is, the more he's set to be a husband. Yeah. <laughs> That's where big dick energy came from. If your husband's a chode, he's a no go. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's that's me. (laughs) That's you in a nutshell. Awesome. I mean, you like to. I I love your comedy because you do have that perspective of growing up in a conservative home, Mm -hmm. and you flip it, Mm -hmm. and you honestly kind of create a mirror for people Mm. and they don't like it no (laughs) (laughs) they do not like it um when did you feel like 
Because when we first met, that was not where you were at. No. Um, and to fill you guys in, we met in college. Mm-hmm. Um, we were babies. We were babies. We, <laughs> met, we were like 19. We met in oh, our wow. first college yes. class together, which was huge, y'all. Literally like 500 people in an auditorium. Mm-hmm. Super intimidating. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be a badass. What kind of class is 500 people in the auditorium? Political <laughs> science. Really? Yeah. No. No. No, it was um, U.S. government com- or something. Communication. No, it wasn't communication. Yeah, because we had um, no, we had Hank Hill. Okay, maybe I'm totally tripping right now. We had uh, the cool guy, cool communication guy, oh, Doctor Burns. Yeah, I had Doctor Burns. Yeah, okay, so that was where we met. Yeah, that's where we met. Okay, okay, sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes, but then we. I'm so like it was political science. No, not everything's <laughs> political, Grace. <laughs> it was also like to give you guys perspective. It was like six years ago. Ah! Yeah. Oh, Ooh, jab in the heart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's how long ago it was. It was the first day of that class. And we blocked it out because trauma. Yeah. (laughs) So going back to, you know, the question, when did you decide to provide that mirror to Mm. speak up? Well, I don't think I was ever not doing it. I think I just didn't know where to put it. Um, For a little while, I actually had like a Christian blog. Mm. And a lot of my Christian blog made a lot of Christians angry because I was like, you know, this is kind of crap. I remember doing a whole podcast or not podcast, a whole blog uh, edition about like um, what I called the marriage of grace and truth, which is Mm. like there is, you know, bad stuff in the world. There is sin and that's truth. But people too far want to carry that and be like everything is just about you know telling people when they're wrong and I'm like the whole point of Jesus was grace right yeah. and that upset so many people and so I just stopped doing it because I was like well, the Christians are mad at me um and then I was like that's actually really funny and I've always been very obsessed with stand-up comedy um like to almost an unhealthy level Bill Cosby was like my dude before I knew. <laughs> he was everybody's dude he before every- we knew. He was, yeah. he was everybody's dad, which is why it was real fucked up. It was up. so sad, especially yeah. for those who like didn't have dads. Like that was the thing that killed me about Cosby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just super obsessed with it. And I discovered um, a lot of women using comedy to like point out things that were yeah. weird about society. Um, Taylor Tomlinson is one I think about mm-hmm. where she has her whole thing about like, I lost my virginity at 26 in my own home under an Ikea poster that I paid for. And I was like, that's relatable as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's so relatable and true for me. Um, sorry, mom and dad. And <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. And like, I just remember thinking like this, this is almost like a form of activism. Um, and yeah. I saw this more and more with a lot of different comics, like kind of, lulling you in where it's like oh we're laughing and we're having a good time and they're like have you ever noticed that it's very weird how we treat children or something yeah um and we don't like give children autonomy and suddenly they're telling these jokes and you're just like oh oh I didn't even think about that but we're making a huge point yes and then you laugh because it's relatable Mm -hmm. and you're like oh yeah I was forced to like kiss all my aunts and uncles Mm -hmm. and then oh shit uncle Jeff over here liked a little too much (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know or like something like that and and then somebody in the audience is like, I had a creepy uncle. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this unspoken agreement in mm-hmm. the audience. Like everyone's being woken up. Yeah. But it, comedy does it in a way that's like abrupt, but also tender. Yeah. Because there's laughing involved. Yeah. I call comedy like seduction a lot of the time. Ooh. Um, because you do have to like, you go in there and you have to like get the audience to like you pretty quickly and you have to seduce them into like being on your side essentially. Um, and 
then you have to, for me at least, like then I have to start making points that they're not going to like. And so one that I have is about going through a breakup with a narcissist. That was really, really difficult for me. And Mm -hmm. it's like, how do you joke about going through an abusive relationship and an abusive breakup in a way that's not triggering? And so what I did is I compared it to um, living at home with your parents when you're an adult, (laughs) which I also did. And so I was like, yeah, dating a narcissist is like living back with your parents where every time you leave the house, they're like, where are you going? Who's that guy? I don't remember him. And like every day you're like, I wonder why I'm a piece of shit today. I'll find out. (laughs) they'll let me know they'll let me know I won't have to wonder long and like and I love my parents but like that's how it is when you're an adult living at home and it's that's way living with an abusive partner yeah um and so I started doing that almost as like a form of catharsis um because I just needed to like get it out there because it was such a secret for so long um and then people were like dude I love that I'll book you to tell that joke and I was like oh because I was just going to open mics (laughs) really yeah I was just going to open mics and just like doing my shit and um the host for an open mic like just was crying laughing at one of the thing one of one night and he was like you're good and like I know I relate to this even as a man and that was the other thing he was like people don't think about it for men as well but I relate and he was like I want you to come tell those jokes at a show I'm putting together and I was like wow and then like from there just kind of went I love that so much that is an incredible journey to go through there and it's also like an acceptable form of trauma dumping mm-hmm. yeah you can trauma dump as long as it's funny right as Honestly. long as there's like a punchline, yeah you're good yeah 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 as long as it doesn't make all of us too sad like as we were talking about earlier like we have to laugh because if we don't we're just gonna cry yeah we're, we're just gonna cry and yeah. then the people who show up there like mm-hmm. tend to be on the same level you're gonna get somebody that was dragged yep and then they become the person you pick on mm-hmm I was going to ask, kind of ever have any uh, hecklers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, one of, uh, there is a really, really amazing heckle night, actually. I love hecklers. Um, I shouldn't have said that too loudly. I'm going to knock on your table real quick. Um, so far, I've had really good experiences with hecklers. Um, and I had this one where this, this very drunk man, I don't know his name. I called him Jimmy Buffett because he looked like Jimmy Buffett. Nice. <laughs> and Margaritaville. Yeah, like he was wearing like a, like a fisherman's like shirt kind of thing. Oh and he was gosh. like wearing a baseball cap and he was really, really drunk. And he was heckling every single comic that went up there. And I was waiting to go on. And this woman was standing by me and she was like, oh my God, like um, if he tries to heckle you, like we'll shut him down. And I was like, I got it. And as soon as I walked up on the stage, I was the first woman comic of the night. Oh, wow. And as soon as I walked up on stage, he started like kind of saying stuff. And I just turned, I was like, you're a fucking drunk Jimmy Buffett. And I'm not going to let your ass talk to me that way. And I was like, that's right. They told me about you and I'm going to heckle you back. Um, I'm going to bully you back. Yeah. Bitch. And the whole audience was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just been doing it all night. And so there were just all these little things throughout my set that he would just like try to interject. I remember um, talking about like with the narcissist thing where it's like, how do you break up with a narcissist? Because it's so hard to do. Right. Yeah. Um, they, they take you away from everybody that you love. They take you away from the people that are important to you. And I looked at him and I said, I'm sure you've done that to some people. <laughs> and the audience yes. was like, <laughs> and you, and he's like, yeah, shut, yeah. Up, shut him down. And shut him up. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it's relatable. What? Am I part of it now? I'm like, you are now. Yeah. I'm God's favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah. So I've seen that. I've seen like hecklers though get really ugly and like they do get asked to leave. I think that's something else that people forget about comedy is it is a safe space. Mm. Um, like we do talk about a lot of crazy things up there, but like if you're going to be really inappropriate and rowdy, they will throw your ass out. 
Like yeah. the comics are always going to come first because first the bar makes money because the people show up to hear you perform. Right. Right. And so they're not going to let the entertainment be hurt. Just like with any other performer, you know, right. musicians, they're not going to let you throw stuff at the guitar player. Um, right. And so I think like I've had people say to me like, Oh, I'm going to come and heckle you. And I'm like, they will throw you out. Yeah. Like you, you gotta be careful. Yeah. And plus you like your entertainment, like you said, mm-hmm. you guys are performers and your people, mm-hmm. you know, above all else. And like, it's cool to poke fun and be like, yeah, right, or yeah. like, you know, maybe say something back or whatever, mm-hmm. or like play along. But when you're no longer a part of the community right. and part of the energy, like, yeah. get the fuck out, man. Why are you there? Like, yeah. you don't like this energy. We don't like you. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, so, Fair. so often, you know, I've never had a heckler at like a paid show, but like open mics, mm. they seem to happen the most. And I'm always like you didn't pay to get in here. Like, why are you here? It's not like you're waiting to get your money's worth from this $0 show. That's all like they get their ego. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you're not cool. Nobody I need to bully again. Nobody likes you, Patrice. Like, get out. <laughs> I haven't bullied anyone since 75. Yes. And it's my chance. <laughs> Where's a locker? <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy Buffett's born. <laughs> And that's how Jimmy Buffett is born. Yeah. Every single time a drunk, drunk heckler like falls down, Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett, Buffett gets a little stronger. Yeah. He gets a little stronger. He powers up. Yeah. He just, oh, the margaritas get stronger. <laughs> oh, Another uh, parrot dies. Another parrot <laughs> dies. <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I always say, like, every time a drunk Jimmy Buffett fan falls down, like, a new parrot gets its wings. Oh, okay. Oh, there that's we go. <laughs> oh, that's so it's nice. So cute. <laughs> See, you, it's my is, turn. This is why you're the comedian. And we're not. <laughs> See, we took it too far. She brought it back. <laughs> that's cute. Well, a bird did fall in my car today, a dead one. Too. It did. What kind of bird was it? I think it was like a little sparrow. It was a dead bird. Oh, no. You know, it, it, it fell like a really heavy leaf and then bounced off the hood of my car and then off the windshield and went, wee! Oh, no. <laughs> wee! And so now every time we're going to see uh, Roadkill, yeah. we go, wee! wee. <laughs> <laughs> They're all part of the same it's party. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Hey there, Stony Balonies and Baked Alaskas. It's Sun here. And uh, if you're a bad bitch, which I know all of you are, then you're going to follow us on our new Instagram account. That's Sun and Moon's Midnight Snack. That's S-U-N-M-O-O-N-S-M-I-D-N-I-G-H-T-S-N-A-C-K. Sun and Moon's Midnight Snack. Follow us for info, insight, and a whole lot of love. See y'all there. On this uh, comedic journey of yours, have you ever had any, like, failures you want to talk about? Yeah. Every day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a comedian. That's, yeah. It started no. with the failed condom. No, just oh, <laughs> damn. Bro. Wow. <laughs> like, sometimes. Do you mean, like, I'm the result of a failed condom? Yes. <laughs> okay, because for a second, I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah, um, no that's not a joke that's, because that's we like can't real... get that oopsie daisies <laughs> taken care no. of in the state right now yeah that's that's actually scary to think about um, no i was talking about your dad yeah no as far <laughs> as i know uh-uh um but like also what parent is gonna tell their kid 
not my parents anyway because like oh and I've joked about this too like my parents um were definitely like having sex for the lord um I love that Jesus is in the room yeah like I've I've said I have this joke where I'm like they were having sex for the lord and like George W. Bush oh Yeah. For America. Yeah. Yeah. They were forgotten like, country. Forgot, and God we trust is like emblazoned over so my parents. Your parents family. were Hank and Peggy Hill then. Oh yeah. Hank and Peggy Hill. Oh yeah. Yeah. They oh they they just celebrated thirty five years of marriage. They're adorable, but I'm like, y'all are uh something else. You're cute. Um yeah, failures. So every single time you tell a new joke, you have to like accept that this joke is gonna stink. Uh-huh. You can write something and you're like, this is so fucking good. And then you get up there and the audience is like, and what about it? And you're like, okay. Oh, shit. You're like, oh, that one didn't pass. Crickets. Yeah. 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 I had um, one. It was like maybe my third time on stage. And it was at uh, the Velveeta Room in Austin, which is like, I was way out of my league. I have no idea. Yeah. Isn't that like kind of an elite? Yeah. That's like where like, that's where like Joe Rogan drops by sometimes oh, oh shit. my gosh I remember, yeah and i but remember that, like, does that also tell you what audience is there yeah probably um and i went up there and i literally like was so full of myself on my third mic and i was like i'm tired of the old set i've been doing i'm gonna write some new stuff and do it tonight oh, oh shit. terrible decision i went with one of my friends um and i was like writing it in her car on the way over and i was like telling it to her and she was like eh, like I don't know. I think you should do your old stuff. I was like, no, I'm tired of it. Like this is, no, 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 I'm going to do this. <laughs> and oh, so I get no. up there and I literally, that, that was my first time being in like a proper comedy club because everything else had been just like bars and the yeah. lights are so bright, like, and everything's just so black. Like the one laugh that I got, um, felt like it was just coming out of an abyss. <laughs> and the one laugh. Yeah, there was one laugh and it was because I like recognized that I was bombing. I was like, I suck. And the audience was like, yep. And then they laughed. Oh, oh no. shit. It was so, and I still, to this day, I have, I don't remember where the joke was going, but I remember my premise was, are there any middle kids here? And there were none. <gasps> and so I was like, any middle kids in the audience? And everybody just like stares back at me. And I was like, we are only the oh, oldest shit. and the youngest. Okay. You know what? Honestly, though, my set had been going so badly that they weren't on my side that like there might have been. They're just like, no, like um, we don't want to be wherever you mm-hmm. are. <laughs> they were Damn. like, we're going to w- wait for you to be done. And it was like I bombed. I got out of there. I didn't even do my whole time. Oh, and the no. next comic went up. Do they said, roast you? He did. He goes, oh. he goes up. He was like, so any middle kids in the audience? <gasps> oh, oh shit. And the audience like dies laughing. <laughs> and he looks at me. I'm like still sitting there. And he looks at me and he was like, that was to point out to you that um, it wasn't the way you said it. It was like, that just sucked. <laughs> I was like, got it. Finger guns. <laughs> You're like, thanks for the pointer, man. Yeah. 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 My friend's next to me. She's like, you need a drink. I was like, I do. Oh, no. oh damn yeah and that's the story of how grace blacked out <laughs> yeah on sixth street <laughs> oh no i didn't really <laughs> i know i've actually never i've yeah what made you decide to get up and start telling jokes um a lot of things i already had a lot of friends in comedy and i would go watch them and i would be at open mics and i would see other people and you know i think all of us have this level where like i could do it yeah I, I could do it and um one day in just kind of like a lot of anger about that breakup that I'd been through I just started writing it all out and I was like this is a set and I just want to I just want to go try yeah um and I'd done it I'd I'd 
I kind of have like two seasons of doing comedy because the first time I did it, it was really just like a bucket list thing I wanted to check off Mm -hmm. Um, because being so into comedy, I was like, I got to try it like one day. So me and my friend went to um, the LOL comedy club. They do like an open mic on Tuesday nights. We went, I did one little set um, and I was like, oh, I love this. And I like kept doing it for a little bit and I was still in graduate school and I was going through a lot in my personal life with my family and then that relationship. And so I stopped doing comedy for a long time. And I was like, I told everybody I'm done. Like, I don't like it. I didn't like the environment. Not that there's anything wrong with the comedy environment. I just wasn't ready for it, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't do it again. I did like one little mic out in San Marcos. And then um, I started doing it again because one of my friends was on a show and it had an open mic after. And he's like, I haven't seen you perform before. Like, just come out, like, come see me and then do your thing after. I was like, okay. And I did it. And, um, that was like literally just all jokes about like slut shaming (laughs) 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 because I had this whole thing where I'm like, we need to quit. I've only done the joke a couple of times because it's really long, but I was like, we need to quit um, trying to like say that the more people you sleep with is what makes you a slut because that's just hating on hot people. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry that we like to get laid. And so instead it should be like a ratio of offers given to offers accepted. And, like, I kind of ended with, like, my mom got one offer, and she took that one offer for the rest of her life. It's a 100% acceptance rate. (laughs) (laughs) I have, like, a 60% acceptance rate. So, like, who's really the slut mom? Um, And I told that joke, and the lady that was, like, running that mic was like, oh, my God, I'm going to book you. And so then I was like, great, I have to, like, practice material. And so then I just kept doing it. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, sorry, that was a really long answer to your No, no, it's good, it's good, it's good. I just, I don't know. Like, I've always just been kind of a jokey person without Uh, meaning to. Like, and a lot of it was also, like, survival of the fittest, I feel like. Because in my home, like, being the middle kid, you know, there's all the things about, oh, the middle kid gets ignored. And I just refused to be ignored. But, like, my older sister was very, like, artistic and, like, sensitive and, you know, interesting. And um, my little sister's, like, an engineer and athletic and, like, really cool. And the only thing I had was, like, I'm funny. Like, that's all I've got. I'm Grace. I'm, I'm Grace, and I'm just, like, out here, the little God's little court jester, trying to make you laugh. Um, I remember, like, the worst insult I ever got was a woman told me, you're not funny. You're just pretty and charismatic, so the audience likes you. And I was like, no, dude. Funny's all I've ever had. Right. Like, I used to look like Hermione Granger <laughs> before the glow up. Like, y'all don't understand. I've always been funny. You can't take that from me. Right. So. You yeah. can't take my origin story. No, you can't. That's all I've ever had. <laughs> That's all I've ever had. Yeah. Don't compliment me and then undermine me. Mm-hmm. Still, it takes some cojones to get up there in front of people and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Well, I can say that's something you definitely don't lack. You know, you've yeah. always stood up and, and said. Had some pretty big balls. Yes. Yeah. Pretty I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't. I, it's a gift. You know, uh, when we were talking to Destiny, like, she's the same way. Just super outspoken, super mm-hmm. outgoing. Um, shit, even Leslie is the same way. I mean, I obviously have a thing for strong babes. Yeah. Because uh, I am also the yeah, same way. Yeah, I was going to say, you you attract what you put out. And so oh. you yeah. are a very strong, powerful person. And, like, what attracted me first to you was that you had a pen and I need to borrow a pen in class. <laughs> But we kept talking because I remember, like, we would just, like, there was this, 
guy that sat in front of us that was so full of himself. Yes. Right? Like, I don't remember his name. I don't name, remember his name either. But he was like, and he always wanted to turn around to us. Mm-hmm. Like, we would be talking to each other, and he would decide that this conversation was a trio. And we were like, we didn't invite you. You can't sit with us. No, and he was definitely like the energy of a young Republican. Mm-hmm. And so, it was a, bit, a lot of mansplaining for a lot of mansplaining, a lot of frat vibes. Yep. yep. Um, and we just roast him. Yes, to his face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and we'd he be like, what is like that shirt? Flirting or something? Yeah, I don't know. He thought that was cool. And I was like, I vibe with her because she's like mean in a funny way. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> I love to be mean and funny at the same time. I think, like, at one point, <laughs> I think I literally was like, what's your name? And I was like, wait, I really don't care. Oh, I think that's true. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I asked that. I don't care. And he was like, oh, shit. And then I think he even, like, turned to you and was like, are you mm-hmm. going to let your friend talk to me like that? And she was like. Yeah, because I don't care either. Yeah, you're like, I don't care either. <laughs> I don't know why she. I'm surprised she asked in the first place because I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh. Yeah. And he just turned around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah. I specifically remember he was like, I don't vote because I don't want the CIA to know how I vote. I oh, my God. oh my God, yes. The CIA doesn't care about you. <laughs> yes, because there, um, there was a poll like mm-hmm. in class and they wanted to see, um, I guess, who was Republican and Democrat. Which and this is, was way before. They should not have done that. They should not have done that, but that was before. It was nine the de- in the morning. <laughs> it was nine in the morning. It had nothing to On do with Monday. anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that his TA was like not crazy. Good. And crazy yeah and like always was hung over so he's probably like, it's caused chaos because i'm chaotic yeah i don't remember his first na- i remember the ta so specifically his last name was webb yeah i don't remember his first name but i just he'd always be like mr webb and i'd be like ew it we're literally the same age yeah <laughs> just weird. and then later when i was a ta i still remembered him and i was like he had a lot of audacity because i'm here now he had a lot of caucasity Yes. <laughs> yes. Moon loves when I use that word. It has a lot of caucasity. Yep. For somebody oh. millions of dollars in debt, probably. Right. Hey, C's get degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> that all rhymed. I love it. You got any shows coming up? You want to plug? Yeah. Hell yeah, I do. Um. So tomorrow, actually, I have one in Dallas. But the cool thing about it is it's going to be recorded. Oh, um, Ooh, nice. So one of my friends is recording his comedy album. And oh. I'm going to open for him. So, yeah, it's called the Child Support Album. Because <laughs> it's all about how he didn't get any. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, so he could pay it. No. no, no, no. <laughs> it's because um, his dad died. <gasps> oh, oh, shit. Oh, I relate. Yeah. No, he's like, his name's Trevor Carrion. Um, and he's one of those just like sharpest, funniest people I know. And he's recording his album. So he asked me to open for him. And I was just like, oh my God. Awesome. Yeah. So you got all sorts of good things going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. A couple, I have one in Corpus next Tuesday night. And then, oh, um, I'm producing a show in August. Really? Yes. August 25th at the Phoenix Saloon in New Braunfels. And what is it called? It's called Women Aren't Funny. (laughs) I love that. It's all female comedians. It's right? all women. Yeah. It's an entire women showcase. And which I think this is the last time I'm going to do that. Cause I've gotten so many people like, why, why just women? And I was like, honestly, I didn't plan it that way. I just kind of thought of the funniest people that I knew and it became all women, but people get, people get, um, their feathers a little ruffled when they're like, we're friends. Why haven't you booked me for anything? And I'm like, I only have one. 
And it's for women, sorry. And that's August 25th? August 25th, yep. Phoenix Saloon. Uh, because women have never been invited to the comedic circles, so you can fuck yeah. off. We decided to build our own. Yeah. You can get your other other shows. This yeah. is this is our show. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. It's for the she's and the they's, <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> I have often said my brand of humor is very much for the she's and the they's. Yes. I hate that argument, you know, because mm-hmm. like there's so much backlash just in the comedy world for female comedics mm-hmm. in general, you know, or comedians. And, you know, you see it too, like these Netflix specials. You mm-hmm. just like the divide mm-hmm. is so big and the production quality is also like very different. Mm-hmm. You know, like the male comedians. You'll see, like, they have a whole intro that's, like, pre-recorded. They're, like, in a stadium. They're in a stadium, or, like, they'll have, like, a whole-ass, like, short film. Yeah. Beforehand. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I can literally yeah. think of... Jerry Seinfeld's, like, Jerry 40 Se- Tom Segura. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Mulaney has them. And they're amazing. Them. Like, they're so fun to watch. They are, Yes. And, of course, you know, some of some people that we mentioned today, and male comedians um, have very bad track records mm-hmm. in their lives make very poor decisions mm-hmm. but the female comedians like they don't have intros like that you know it'll be like usually they're in some kind of outfit and they just come out and they're on the stage and it's just like a single stool and maybe like a water mm-hmm. and everyone's like Woo-hoo! Yeah. and that's it yeah and that's their intro that's and it's it. yeah and it's like same netflix produced mm-hmm. bit yeah and and like these are big named yeah female comedians right like even ali wong mm-hmm. did not have an mm-hmm. intro like that yeah you know and she's controversial but like amy schumer none of her specials mm-hmm. have anything like that and it's like there's just such a great divide <laughs> yeah and i mean stand-up comedy was invented in the united states and the united states like historically mm-hmm. elevates white men absolutely and then white women and then men that are people of color and then women that are people of color and i want to say and then everybody else but it's like "Eh, not really they're still not (laughs) they're still not i i can't think of a single netflix special that highlights a um non-binary comedian yes so it's not it's not a netflix special for one comedian Mm -hmm. but there was a special i can't remember what it's called i think it's called stand out but it's mm. oh it, the stand-ups it it no it's um it's it's called i think it's called stand out and it's for it was for pride mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it has it has a oh, lot of fun. okay cool. yeah everybody is queer that's uh-huh. in there and like right. varying de- varying degrees of that but right. but even then it's not like a full yeah right set. Yeah, it's called stand out it is called stand out yeah. i was yeah. like I, I think they were trying to like you know come out stand out yeah exactly so there's like a very broad spectrum of people who right. are out there in in, in there but their sets are like maybe maybe two minutes yeah you know it's yeah it, but they don't have it like you said an individual netflix special right yeah and that goes back to the whole thing of like you know comedy is an art but comedy is also a business um mm. and you there are very funny people who do not get booked as often as people who are less funny but they have a larger following mm. and i think that a lot of people forget that like your job as a comedian at the end of the day like beyond like I you know come out I'm like I want to be funny and I want to make a difference and I want to make people think but like your real job is to get butts into seats 
Yeah. And you're supposed to make sure those people like buy drinks and buy tickets and stuff like that's that's your job. And so sometimes these bigger names like they get more because they have a larger following. Yeah. Um, they're guaranteed they're income gu- for whatever exactly. place books them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all going to be a business no matter what it is. It's just like when they, you know, almost put Chris Jenner on um, the Chicago the Broadway show, and it's like, why? She's not an actress. She's not a singer. Because right. if you put Chris Jenner in there, people are going to show gonna, up. Yeah, you're going to put butts right. in the seats. Yeah, you're going to get butts in seats. And, like, that's that's true of all art forms. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like, at the end of the day with comedy, like, unfortunately, that's the way it is and the way yeah. it always will be. And so that's why, like, it's so big that like to do the shameless plug and to be like come to my shows yes yes part of you know our show that we offer is you know anonymous as an option mm-hmm. if you're a guest mm-hmm. and grace was like no i need people to come to my shows <laughs> and i was like yeah. fuck yeah you need people to come to your shows but i was just making sure i appreciate that you know because yeah. you never know you never know i'm yeah i try to remain anonymous as well but it's it's so true. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, like, well, in your case, you are funny. You are relatable. You are Thank a genuine you. person. So the people who are going to come on to you, like, they're going to feel that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in your goofy way, like, you're still going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just really hope, and it's our job as an audience to elevate people like you mm-hmm. to change comedy. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing changes. Mm-hmm. They're not happening as fast as mm-hmm. we all want them to happen. But at least in that realm, there are some changes being made Absolutely. and behaviors being called out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. That no. is something I have loved about comedy is that comedy is very big on like checking themselves. Yeah. Right. Like the people that called out Bill Cosby were comedians. Yeah. The people that called out the Louis CK thing were other comedians. Yeah. Like, comics are very big on like now dude that was fucked up or like with dave chappelle right now dave chappelle it's causing a huge divide huge 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 divide like and that's a whole other thing that you could talk about for hours where it's like you know comics like you know we talk about like oh this is a freedom of speech kind of zone but also it's like don't be an asshole to be an asshole right like some comics have the persona of being an asshole right like bill burr is the first that comes to mind that like i love his podcast i think that he's like so smart and good on his podcast but then some of his stand-up i'm just like why are you being like this dude (laughs) like what is is that (laughs) and it's really kind of like a persona that he's created where he's like oh i'm just gonna be like the angry bald guy all the time Um, but he's actually like a really sweet kind like i know people that have had interactions with him and they're like no he was lovely um so it's so like strange yeah but i think that also um like where he, when he started that mm-hmm. was a definitely like a niche thing yes you know that was something people thought were really funny mm-hmm. and now we're like we know better yeah it's not funny yeah yeah <laughs> you can like you can be inclusive mm-hmm. and still be really funny yeah because you see it all the time yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's not hard no it's not hard to care about other people like, and that's something that I hear, um, I, I've heard this statement and I'm going to mess up the exact wording of it, but it was something to the degree of like, you have to know the rules before you can break the rules. Right. Mm. And so there, there are, uh, specifically men, um, that come to open mic sometimes and they're just like, well, I'm trying to just like emulate Dave Chappelle. And I'm like, do you understand that? Like Dave Chappelle spent 
so many years crafting his ability to write jokes and crafting his ability to do like one-liners and all this stuff before he even got into this other stuff. Right. And it's still controversial as it is. Do you really think you walking into an open mic are going to change the world because you said some really offensive things about the Mm -hmm. transgender community? Like, homie, it's not, that's not how it works. Right. You don't get to jump out and start doing that. Um, And so with... And you shouldn't be doing that anyway. You shouldn't be doing that in <laughs> the first it's, place. It's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yes, I, I've seen it, you know, even in these uh, smaller like Netflix comedy shows. I think it, I think this one really was a stand ups. Mm-hmm. They had some great comedians that were on there. Is that the one where it's like a different uh, comedian each episode mm-hmm. or something yes. like that? And then there was this guy who went on mm-hmm. and he was like, I don't know why everybody gets so offended at mm. these comic shows, you know? And, and he just like completely, he was not funny mm-hmm. and he was just completely offensive. And like his whole mm-hmm. thing was like, people get offended by everything. And like, and, and what was he? A white man, a white cis <laughs> man, you know? And it's like, no, you get offended by everything because right. your privilege is being poked at. Right. And you don't like that other people's experiences make you uncomfy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not funny to you. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to pout and go on a rant on stage where you get a mic yeah. and let everybody know that you were uncomfy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought before about like, um, I feel like Donald Trump should have just tried to be a stand up comedian. <laughs> right. Well, he kind of was, right? You're fired. Yeah. He was and like that a guy personality. Was our fucking president. I know. Not mine. Yeah, but have you ever seen him on Saturday Night Live? He wasn't very funny. I haven't seen that, no. Really? Yeah, he wasn't. Like all the, like when he first did in like the 90s or something? Yeah, yeah. when he did the skits on there, when he hosted the show or whatever. No, he wasn't good. Oh, no. I never knew he hosted it. That's he, funny. He he was just like very obviously reading the teleprompter. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because it's like his bit was that like he's like he's Donald a Trump. rich yeah, like yeah. a rich asshole. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's funny and awesome. Like for a second. For a second or for a reality fucking TV show. Right. But we all know. Right. <laughs> how yeah. this is going. Well, and also, like, I feel like so many people pigeonhole themselves. And I say this as somebody who I'm even fighting right now, like, pigeonholing myself too much. Yeah. Um, because my comedy comes from, like, we were talking about earlier with my tattoos. Like, my, my lens is I am a white cisgendered woman. Yeah. I will never be able to take that veil off. And I can listen to other perspectives and I can, you know, they become part of me, but I will never not have that lens when I'm writing. And so some of my jokes I've had to like kind of pull back a little bit because I'm like, this is a little too specifically niche. Um, And you don't want to be like shunning out the rest of your audience. Um, And so I had a joke that never went anywhere um, where I was joking about, Growing up, um, I had uh, one of my nannies was Latina and she brought me and my siblings over to her family's home for like a little cookout and pool party. And it was like so much fun. And we had a blast. And I remember being in the pool with like her nieces and nephews. And I'm just this like pasty ass little kid in the pool. And my nanny was like, you need to put on sunscreen. And I asked like my friend, like, do you need sunscreen? And she was like, no, I just, I just tan. And I was like. I just want to tan too. And so it was like this little, like <laughs> I had this joke that it, it, again, it went nowhere where I was like this little iridescent jellyfish going along with a school of fish and just been like, I'm just like you guys. And it's like, no, you're not, <laughs> you, you're not. And that's okay. But like, damn kid. So I wrote this joke out and I pitched it to one of my friends and he was like, um, I would let that one go. 
Yeah. You know, until you talk about it on a podcast. Right. <laughs> until you guys hear it. Yeah. Um, that's so incredible, you know, just like having you on and hearing your journey and the fact that this is our first time hanging out I know. in so many years, which is so great. Love social media and phones yeah. for that reason, like yeah. being able to connect. Um, but yeah, we have kind of a final question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's next for you? What's yeah. next for what's Grace? What's next for Grace? Oh boy. Um, you know, for the first time in my life, I do not have any big goals in front of me. Ooh. Like everything was always academic. Everything was like get the degree and then get the next degree and then write the thesis and then get the thesis out there and then, you know, get the promotion at your job and blah, blah, blah. And like for the first time, I'm just like focused on getting myself in the best place possible. Yeah. Um, I recently have been like, I think I need to get back into therapy. I think I need to actually explore seeing a psychiatrist for the first time. Um, And I just need to like make sure that I'm good because all of my little like tick mark things have been checked off so far. And obviously like I'm only 25, I'm going to have more goals, but I don't have any in front of me right now. Or maybe you don't. Maybe I don't. Maybe this is it. Like maybe you just you're healing I feel that I just I feel it so deeply because I I, you know I did the same thing like you have to reach those and then when you reach it Mm -hmm. you're like now what yeah and that's when you're like why did I do those things yeah (laughs) no I I had an identity crisis after I submitted my thesis because that was it and I was like that's the pinnacle now what did I just peak yeah like Everything I've wanted to do, I've done it. Like, what, 23, now? 24, did I just peak? Did I just, I had just turned 25 and I was like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know? And then I look around and, like, all my friends are married and they're, like, starting to have kids and stuff. And I'm just like, uh, well, I don't really want to do that either. So I don't know what to do next. Well, as someone, as someone who has a crotch goblin, <laughs> uh, you can wait on those or not. Yeah. Have them. Yeah. My plan right now is, like, just be the really cool, fun aunt yes um yes and a fun fact about grace is like she totally embodies every single disney channel um best friend (laughs) (laughs) wait that's so funny because people think that i'm lily from princess diaries all the time yes and and when we post her photo um you know hyping her up for this episode i'm sure there's gonna be comments or like is that is that lily is that lily always on my tiktok (laughs) lily <laughs> well, is there? Uh, do you want to shout out, you know, your TikTok handle or your sure. um, Insta? Yeah. So my TikTok handle is Graceful Pun, um, and then my Instagram is just one word: the House Morton. That's it. Yeah. That's her last name. Awesome. Yeah, my salt. last name is Morton like salt. It was Morton like salt for a long time, and then I had a stalker and I had to change it. <gasps> Ew, yeah. That's it's a- fun to be a woman. <laughs> Well, on that note, um, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us, for sharing your story, um, for being a powerful voice in the community. You know, keep doing what you're doing. Go to her fucking shows. Yeah, August 25th <laughs> at the Phoenix Bar and Grill, New Braunfels. Women aren't funny. There we go. Or if you're in Dallas uh, tomorrow, you know where yeah. to go. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Guys. This has been fun. Not yeah. a problem. It's been a blast. And remember, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. Peachy!